Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, there's more when it comes to defensive tackle Ndamukong Sue. He really wants to be with the Raiders. Do the Raiders really want to be with him? Plus more news and notes, including the commissioner, Roger Goodell, being pretty happy with Las Vegas based off what happened at the NFL draft and a whole lot more. Plus, we'll hear from Raiders tight end Darren Waller. He's been doing a media tour as of late. He was on the Dan Patrick show on Tuesday, and we'll hear some sound bites from him. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast on Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. You're win as a Raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find Locked On Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is being brought to you by BlueNile.com. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. All listeners of the Locked On Raiders Podcast will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. You got to use that promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. I'll tell you more about BlueNile.com later on in the show, but right now I want to get into the news and notes of the day and really a lot of it has to do with Ndamukong Sue. He is a free agent defensive tackle. We talked about him quite a bit on Tuesday's show and the fact that he was on ESPN NFL Live and mentioned the Raiders as a potential fit for him and that Max Crosby and Chandler Jones had both reached out to him. So that was already a little bit of, uh, you know, add a little kindling to the fire. It was a little bit of a smoldering fire, but it wasn't really a full-on blaze, right? Well, on Tuesday, it became a full-on blaze. I woke up to uh, Adam Schefter had put out a tweet about Sue saying he wanted to continue playing, but it looked like the Bucks were out of the picture. Sue decided to quote tweet that uh, that tweet from Adam Schefter and said the Raiders could be fun. That made Chandler Jones say, quit playing with me, Smokey. You know, don't mess with my emotions like that. It got Raider Nation all in the tizzy. People started talking about, hey, man, he's going to the Raiders. You could tell that he really wants to be a Raider. And then... He hit ESPN again, and he was on with Sage Steele. He was on NFL Live. He was on multiple. He went through the whole car wash there at ESPN. But I found this uh, audio that was with Sage Steele, and I found this to be pretty interesting. This is one of the earliest shows that he was on in the day Tuesday. But uh, here's Sage Steele and Dominican Sue talking about potential landing spots. And again, he brings up the Raiders. She brings up the Raiders. And you could tell that he has heavy interest in the silver and black. Here it is. Check it out. Hey, that Twitter thing, you've been having fun on it. So let's just let's just talk about that right off the bat here. Yesterday, Adam Schefter tweeted your quote from NFL Live, right, saying, it looks like the Bucks are out of the picture. That's, that's what you said. And then, of course, uh, Sue did say that you'd like to continue playing. And then what you do? You retweeted it. Raiders could be fun. That was today. That was just this morning. So there's been a lot of talk, funny though, about you with the Raiders for a long time. And your, your retweet was hard to miss. Yeah. You guys are smart. That was intentional. So, so are you and your representatives in any talks right now with Las Vegas? Uh, there's always talks. Uh, I've been going on for a little bit and I always have interest and Las Vegas is a great city. Uh, I've spent a lot of time there. Uh, but the Raiders, uh, I've actually been courted by them in the previous and the past free agencies. So the team that I've always had an eye on, and uh, they got some great talent, uh, Mason Crosby and a handful of other guys. It would be very interesting to see about an opportunity there. So you're talking as we speak with the Raiders. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to give any secrets out. Why, why, why would it be fun to go there? That was your word. Yeah, fun. Close to home. Uh, it's a quick flight from Portland, Oregon, where I born and raised and train every day in the offseason at Nike's headquarters. Mm-hmm. So. 
family could get there close, and then obviously just an opportunity to win. So there you go. That's Sue on ESPN with Sage Steele. Clearly, he's got a lot of interest in the Raiders. The question is, how much interest do the Raiders have in him? There's multiple reports. Some think that there's a lot of interest on the Raiders' part in Sue. Others say not so much. And I'll get to that in just a little bit. But I had my guy, Tyler Dragon, from USA Today. He used to cover the Cincinnati Bengals, but now he covers the whole NFL. And he actually had put out a tweet about the Vikings and the Raiders. And so I knew him really well. I reached out to him, had him on my radio show on Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920 and ask him a few questions. So I wanted to bring a few of those sound bites to you right now. And the first one off top was, okay, what's the latest and the greatest when it comes to Indomitian Sue? Uh, what's the teams that he's hearing is involved with them, and how much are they interested in Sue's services? Yeah, nothing is imminent, but sources did tell me that Sue and his team have spoken with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Minnesota Vikings. And the belief is something could happen um, before training camp starts here in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, those are the leaders in the clubhouse, but there could be some other teams emerging here. You know, Sue, he's uh, 35 years old. He's a veteran. Uh, he might be a, a little bit past his prime, but he still has a lot left in the tank based on what he has done the past few years for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, for the Raiders, that will be a tremendous addition with their 4-3 defense and having him in the interior with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the outside. When I look at the Raiders' defense, it's the interior that's really the weakness in their uh, front seven. Uh, And then, um, of course, the secondary is a, a weak spot to their defense as well. But really the interior of their defensive line is really vulnerable right now. So I think he will be a really good addition in Las Vegas. And as for the Minnesota Vikings, it was a surprise to me when I heard the Vikings had a express interest. But when, you know, I look at their personnel and their roster as well, uh, they have a need uh, at interior of their defense. I do like their front seven with Daniel uh, um, Hunter and Eric Hendricks. Uh, Kendrick, they just, um, you know, got a, the Darius Smith in free agency from the Green Bay Packers. But, who would be a, a big pickup for the Minnesota Vikings as well if they're able to uh, reach an agreement with him. So there you go. From Tyler's point of view, it sounds like the Raiders have some pretty high interest in him. Now, again, there's conflicting reports on how much interest they really have, if any. But I went on with the interview and wanted to ask, well, what type of money is Sue looking for right now at this stage in his career? Well, he uh, probably uh, won't take a team discount at this uh, point in his NFL career. You know, he is a Super Bowl champion, but he wants to uh, sign a, a pretty sizable contract. You know, I expect him to be, you know, probably the 8 to $10 million mm-hmm. range. I mean, sources haven't confirmed that to me yet, but I don't expect him to come cheap right. at all, even if it is a short-term one-year contract. So I think that that's going to be the major sticking point, even if the Raiders are interested. I mean, I don't think it really even matters. If the Raiders are hot and heavy after him, I don't think that they're going to be willing to give up a premium amount of money to a guy who's 35 years old, no matter what he still you know, has left in the tank. And I do believe he has something left in the tank. I believe he'd be good for the Raiders' defensive line. I think he'd be good to help out Max Crosby and, and Chandler Jones and bring some extra toughness to that locker room. But I don't think that this regime is willing 
willing to just go out of their way and spend a whole lot of money. And I know nobody likes to hear it, but that's the Patriot way. They're just not going to overspend for a guy at 35 years old, regardless who it is. So that's going to be the major sticking point for me. If he's willing to take a deal that's very team friendly, then yeah, I can see them making a, a run at him. But if he's not, I just don't see that happening. So I caution you not to get your hopes up for Sue to land in the silver and black because I don't think he's going to want to take a team-friendly deal. So my final question that I want you to hear, the final soundbite, and we had about a 15-minute conversation, but the final soundbite I want you to hear from Tyler Dragon was just on how Ndamukong Sue would fit in Patrick Graham's defense because, look, he's only played in a 3-4, I think, once or twice in his career. So that's what we know Patrick Graham is mainly going to run. He's going to have that 3-4 base. Now, he's going to be very multiple, so he's not just married to one idea, but how does he think that Sue would fit in Patrick Graham's defense? Well, see, he'll still be an interior uh, defensive lineman. I expect him to be uh, that three technique, kind of that uh, defensive tackle uh, position. So if they do indeed go in that 3-4, then that's where uh, he'll line up. He's not a really uh, a nose tackle by any means. Right. He's a uh, three technique uh, defensive tackle, and that's him lining up on the outside shoulder of um, the interior guard. So uh, I do think uh, he would be a really good fit for the uh, Raiders. It's been an arms race in the AFC <laughs> right. uh, with all the uh, players. Uh, being, being brought to that division, uh, Russell Wilson, and you know it goes on and on and on. It seems like the AFC West is the best division in football heading into this 2022 NFL season. So that was Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He was on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday, talking about Sue and the interest from the Raiders and how he could fit in Patrick Graham's defense, what kind of money he may be looking for, and a whole lot more. Now, I did tell you that there's conflicting reports on the interest level from the silver and black, and Vinny Bonsignor, who obviously is on the radio station with me at Raider Nation Radio 920 and does a great job for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, he already put out a tweet and a story saying Indomitian Sue is expressing interest in playing for the Raiders. For now, though, that interest does not appear to be mutual. Things can always change, though. And then he wrote a story about it. And then people were questioning him because they heard Tyler's interview. They read Tyler's piece that he had put out there. And, he, and Vinny responded, confident in my reporting, not saying it won't happen. But as of now, the Raiders aren't interested. And then Josina Anderson, who I very much respect, she also tweeted out, while the market will continue to crystallize for Nandamaga Sioux services as the season draws near, I'm told the Raiders are not currently in pursuit per league source. Sue could provide value to any number of NFL defenses. So uh, two very confident and very uh, well-respected reporters and Vinny Bonsignor and both Jacina Anderson uh, have saying that the Raiders don't have any interest. Now that could be them posturing because they don't want to pay big money. They're not willing to pay big money. So they're trying to get Sue's expectations to come down or it could be they really don't have too much interest in Sue and more like he's trying to push the issue. And that's why he's doing the media kind of tour that he's on right now, which Happens quite a bit. So, I mean, I just say this, Raider Nation, I tell you, and I want to bring all sides of the story to you, just so you know. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, don't be shocked. <laughs> Simple as that. I also wanted to tell you about the letter that Roger Goodell and the NFL front office actually sent Nevada's governor, Steve Sisolak, and, uh, and Governor Sisolak actually tweeted it out on Tuesday. And it's just talking about the NFL draft and how pleased the NFL was with what they saw 
about Las Vegas and, and their experience here in Las Vegas. So it says, Dear Governor Sisolak, on behalf of myself and the National Football League, thank you for welcoming us into Nevada with open arms. With the partnership of you and your team, alongside the help of many Las Vegas residents, we were able to create a one-of-a-kind NFL draft experience for millions of viewers and fans. It was a pleasure to spend time with you as we officially kicked off the draft and renamed Las Vegas Boulevard to Draft Drive. We have the sign hanging in our offices. Thank you for your help and look forward to seeing what Las Vegas will bring to Super Bowl 58. Obviously, that's going to be in 2024. It's going to be in Arizona this upcoming year, and then the following year, it'll be here in Las Vegas. So Roger Goodell, basically that's giving two thumbs up to Governor Sisolak and, of course, the city of Las Vegas for putting on a hell of an NFL draft. And uh, I have no doubt about it that the NFL draft will be back here sooner rather than later. Of course, it'll be in Kansas City uh, this upcoming year in 2023. But there you go. Uh, Two more pieces of news real quick. Deshaun Watson settled 20 out of 24 of his civil suits. Boy, that happened fast, right? You think he didn't get no pressure from Cleveland, who just gave him $230 million? I'm sure that the Browns said, hey, dude, hey, man, go ahead and get these things settled. We gave you a whole lot of money. We didn't give you a very high base salary, so you're going to save a whole lot of money. Get these out of the way. Take your suspension, and let's move on. I'm sure I have no doubt that that happened, but 20 out of 24 of the civil suits have been settled. Then we also found out about Rob Gronkowski has retired again. I don't say hold your breath on this one. I don't think he's going to retire very long. I don't think he wants to go to training camp. I think if Tom Brady calls him and says, hey, man, uh, definitely want you to uh, come back and play one more season, he'll do it. But uh, as of right now, he has retired for the second time. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, Darren Waller. He was on the Dan Patrick Show earlier on Tuesday, and I got a few sound bites that I want you to hear. He was talking about uh, everything he's dealt with in his life, talking about the playoff games, the playoff loss, how he compared that to what he's dealt with his life, uh, where his contract situation is, and more. So we'll bring you a few of those sound bites from the Dan Patrick show that Darren Waller was on coming up in segment number two. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. I've been telling you about rockauto.com for a very long time. They're a family business, been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. And what I always go back to when I talk about rockauto.com is the fact that they help save you money. And not just a little bit of money, I mean a whole lot of money, which is a beautiful thing, right? You can go to a chain store, you can go to a car dealership, and you can get some great parts and know everything's done right and feel good about yourself. Or you can get the same parts at rockauto.com, do it yourself, and feel good about yourself because you saved a whole lot of money. That's the beauty of rockauto.com. The website is so easy to navigate. All you got to do is go, punch in what you need, make a model of your car, and boom, it'll pop up. You buy the parts, it's delivered directly to your door. You never have to leave the comforts of your own home. And as long as you know what you're doing, as far as fixing cars, you're good to go. I don't have that luxury. I'm not that guy, but you can be. So uh, go to rockauto.com. Do it right now. The only thing I ask you to do, once you decide what you're going to get, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? You just write the Locked On Raiders podcast. That means that they know I sent you, I'm doing my job, and they're happy. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need is at one spot. That's rockauto.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Red Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to bring you some sounds from Darren Waller on his Dan Patrick interview that he did on Tuesday. And let me just put it out there right now, man. He's on a media tour. He's been on the Rich Eisen show. He's been on the DP show. He's done multiple podcasts. He's trying to do everything really national right now, trying to get as much exposure as possible because he has... 
a new podcast on the Blue Wire Network that he's putting out. I believe Max Crosby's doing one as well. But Darren Waller's called Comeback Story. So obviously a lot of it has to do with his life. A lot of it has to do with football. Uh, I'm sure a lot of it's going to have to do with his uh, music that he's putting out there. He's got a lot to talk about, right? But he's been doing this media tour. And so on Tuesday, he was on the Dan Patrick Show. And it's funny because before that, there was a lot of pictures that were floating around online about him and uh, LV Aces guard Kelsey Plum showing that they had gone to the Title IX event together and basically confirming what a lot of us already expected and kind of already knew that they were dating each other. But uh, basically on Tuesday, it became official uh, when those pictures started floating around Twitter. And that's cool. Now, the problem is that Kelsey Plum and the LV Aces went out on Tuesday and they were up by 28 points against the Chicago Sky at home and then lost. (laughs) They were up 28 and then they found a way to lose the game. And I don't understand how that happens, but they just went cold. It was really an ugly performance. I mean, man, they had 41 points in the first quarter, 60-something at halftime, and then just went cold. So I'm sure she wasn't thrilled with that game and that performance, and especially being the day that all of a sudden everyone just kind of saw and was talking about her and Darren Waller. I'm sure Darren was at the game. He's at just about every single one of the home games at the Michelob Ultra Arena. There's so many people that are there. And if you're ever in Las Vegas and you're looking for something to do and the Aces are playing, go check out a game there because man it is an electric arena it's a lot of fun and uh the ladies are really really a talented team they just happen to lose that game it's only their third loss of the season so not a big deal but obviously not a game that they wanted to lose so uh let's get into the interview dan patrick and darren waller from tuesday and dan patrick is one of the best of the best when it comes to interviewing people dp is one of the best so one of the first questions that he asked them was about the playoff loss to the cincinnati Bengals back in january how long did it take for darren waller to get over that loss it stung for a bit uh i don't i don't really dwell too much uh in losses for a while you take what you what you learn from it for us it's uh you know red zone execution on offense and uh we gotta be able to do that so learn that lesson and try not to wallow in it and have self-pity and just move on so let's make no mistake about it darren waller's never going to be a guy that's going to go into some super lengthy detailed answers but again for Darren Waller these are pretty good uh, length answers right there and you hear he's not going to sit there and self-pity when it comes to a loss but you heard him bring up the red zone you know obviously that's something we've talked about quite a bit red zone red zone red zone that's got to be improved that's got to be Josh McDaniels number one priority when it's getting that team down to the red zone they've got to cash in they've got to get seven and not three. And so Dan Patrick was asking Darren Waller about basically comparing a playoff loss to his life, what he's gone through, and how it can't be anything close to each other. Here's Darren Waller and his thoughts on what a playoff loss is. Um, I would say uh, a playoff loss is, uh, I call it Cadillac problems these days. You know, life is a lot better. <laughs> you know, I, I can I can keep a job these days. I can contribute to the good that's going on around you know the organization and the community. So now it's like, okay, we got our little taste, and now uh, we want to go for go for the higher things. And that's really the only attitude you can have. I love the fact he called it a, a Cadillac problem. You know what I mean? Like it's not that big a deal compared to real life situations. He's spot on. That's exactly the truth of the matter. I know that we get stressed out and I know that fans get, you know, super uh, upset about things like that. But I mean, you got to take these kind of things with a grain of salt. I mentioned it before, mentioned it on the radio on Tuesday that, hey, this is a kid's game that these guys are getting paid really, really well to play. And yes, we get wrapped up. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to watch. 
watch. We all want our teams to win. I want the Raiders to win as bad as the next man wants the Raiders to win. But I'll tell you what, man, it doesn't keep me up at night and stress me out like it used to. I just realized there's so many different things that we can miss out on if we don't, you know, prioritize a lot of things and just kind of focus in on one thing and let something bend us out of shape like a, a loss can do. And so uh, that, that just makes things a lot easier to deal with. So I mentioned the podcast that Darren Waller is coming out with. It's called Comeback Story. So Dan Patrick asked him what he wants people to get out of his podcast. Again, it's called Comeback Stories. Um, so from Comeback Stories, I want people to take away that, you know, even the people that they see as most successful and maybe like they have no chinks in their armor that they face the same issues that any normal human being would face on a day-to-day basis from what's going on inside their head, inside their heart, uh, things that they're dealing with from their past, they're trying to get over. Uh, it's just conversations to let people know that, you know, no matter how many times they've fallen or, you know, like me getting arrested, getting suspended time after time after time, like you can still make something good happen with your life and you still have the power to rewrite your story so there's darren waller right there talking about his podcast and what he wants people to get from it again it's called comeback stories he was on the dp show on fox sports dan patrick did a great job and of course darren waller when he's on the radio you're going to be listening you know all ears on him so you heard him talk about arrest right there so dp asked him about being arrested and waller said hey i've been arrested multiple times you know which time are you talking about he said your most embarrassing one what was the most embarrassing arrest that you ever had um the most embarrassing one i don't know if i told the story publicly so this was at the end of my rookie year uh in baltimore and you know we didn't make the playoffs and you know they give the speech of you know make wise decisions don't do anything stupid and i was arrested in roanoke virginia in like 36 hours with uh for driving like 100 something miles per hour and i had like over an ounce of weed on in the car (laughs) what did john harbaugh say uh, I mean, they weren't they weren't very thrilled. You know, the first person I called was the uh, team security uh, and they were like, all right, man, like, you know, you want you have to call a coach. And I was like, yep. And then, so, you know, I just called him on my way home. I still had once I got out of jail, I still had seven more hours to drive home to Georgia. Oh, boy. So it was a very long ride. A lot to think about. <laughs> How are you alive? By grace of God, man, I don't know any other reason. It ain't by my own doing. I know that. So there's Darren Waller right there. You heard a couple of uh, follow-ups there from Dan Patrick just talking about his most embarrassing arrest. It only took him 36 hours, basically, after the season got wrapped up. He had to call president, or not president, but his head coach, John Harbaugh, talked to him, and uh, he had a seven-hour drive. Can you imagine getting arrested, having to call your boss, and then drive for another seven hours and had to think about what you just did? I could not even imagine what kind of mess that was. Another question that he was asked about getting high in an NFL game and if he had ever been high in an NFL game, what was it? Yeah, I remember uh, games where, you know, I don't know, I was just like so uninspired and just with life itself, like it'd be like cocaine sometimes. It'd just be like, I remember times when Silent would be like yawning and just not there, just not into anything, not feeling any kind of, you know, fire for life. So I was like, yeah, I, I needed that to just like, you know, make the experience more of what I wanted it to be, I guess. You were bored? Yeah, I had no desire. I mean, I just had no desire to play football because football became a people-pleasing tool after high school. It wasn't like the game that I enjoyed when I grew up. It was just like, all I saw was pressure. All I saw was politics. All I saw was uh, me needing to perform instead of just going out there and just enjoying what I do with people that I enjoy being around. 
it's so funny because we always say, like, how can this guy throw this away? How can this guy do that? Doesn't he know what he's got going on? And you heard Darren Waller right there just say, you know, it was not fun. It wasn't the game I fell in love with in high school. It was politics. It was people-pleasing. It was, you know, there was a whole lot of stuff he didn't like going on about it. And so that's why people start to not want to do their God-gift ability. You know, the God-gifted ability that they have, a lot of times they don't want to do because it's not what it was when it all started out. You know I mean? It just it, it, it always changes. It's a business, not only for them, it's a business for a lot of different people. And so you can see how that all happens. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses for the young man. I mean, obviously, he went through his own trials and tribulations, and shout out to him for being able to come out on top. But man, oh man, I mean, I can only imagine how much pressure he was under to the point where he just didn't care anymore. That's what it just sounds like. Like, hey, look, I really just didn't care, didn't have any desire, and it took cocaine. That's what he said. He wasn't high off weed. He said he had cocaine in his system while he was playing in an NFL game. Could you imagine that? I remember when I was at Baylor, there was a, a guy, and I forget his name now, he was a running back, and he went to, it was in the bowl game, they played in Florida, uh, and uh, I think they played against North Carolina, I can't remember, but anyway, they really didn't have a quarterback, so they went into almost the Wildcats type uh, type offense, but they were calling it the Wild Bears, this is the Baylor Bears, and this guy, and I forgot who his name was already, he ran all over North Carolina. He ran for so many yards, and then we come to find out years later or months later or whatever he was high as a kite in that game and it wasn't no weed I mean he was on something really really strong and I mean he just never has been the same and even to this day he still struggles with uh with drug addiction he just can't help himself and sometimes he wakes up in the middle of the night he used to call my program director in a bad space and say hey man I'm going through it right now can you help me and he'd have to get up and go help him in the middle of the night just so he wouldn't do anything crazy to himself and again I, I hate that I forget his name but he went to Baylor and he was a hell of a oh Johnny Jefferson that was his name Johnny Jefferson and he was was a talented dude and he ran all over North Carolina in that I think it was uh I forget what bowl it was but it was played in Orlando I wasn't there I was back at the radio station but we sent a group to cover it and uh yeah it was Johnny Jefferson you can look up the story on Johnny Jefferson this dude was on some real deal uh drugs when he was in that game and he went out there and just balled out and that's that is almost unbelievable. So just got a couple more sound bites for you from Darren Waller when he was on DP show on Tuesday, including when did Darren decide it was time to get help? Um, August 12, 2017 was the first day I was sober. Um, I had an overdose on August 11th, 2017. So, you know, coming out of that was the first time I was kind of shocked to my core and was like, you know, I'm not really in control. I'm actually being controlled here. You know, so that next day out of fear, out of just not knowing uh, and not feeling like I was capable of controlling my life anymore. That was when I was like, all right, I'm willing to, to listen at least to what somebody else has to say. You can't get help until you decide that you need help. Right. I mean, that's just the bottom line. There's no way that it doesn't matter what anybody says to you until you make the decision that, hey, it's time for me to get help. You're not going to get help. I mean, it doesn't again, people could talk and talk and talk and talk, but it's on you to make that decision. And finally, after overdosing, Darren said, OK, well, let me at least listen to someone. And that's what he did. And now he's been sober for quite a while. And I think everyone salutes him and appreciates everything he's gone through, including giving his testimony. So someone else out there who, you know, may be hurting and going through the same thing says, hey, you know what? I'm not alone. I'm not the only person like that out here. So there's a lot more of that in this interview. But the final soundbite I want you to hear is obviously the million dollar question, right? It's about the contract situation. What is Darren Waller? What is his contract situation like with the Raiders right now? And it's funny. I love the follow-up. It was a quick follow-up by DP, but I love the follow-up, and I think it tells you a lot. Here's Darren Waller on his current contract situation. 
um, as, at the very moment, I have two years left on my deal. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, in the negotiation phase and, uh, let my agent with the team handle that. Um, just focus on getting ready for camp. Yeah. But Devonte took all the money. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, we'll see. The team, they, we'll see. We'll see. Not a very lengthy answer right there, but he did acknowledge, Hey, I got two years left on my deal. I'm going to let my agents and the Raiders deal with, you know, the contract situation. We're in negotiations. So that's positive right there. And then when DP says, yeah, but Devonte took all the money and you heard Darren say, nah, nah. And then it's almost like, Oh no, I don't need to be speaking on this. Let me go ahead and shut it on down. So he didn't really go any further into details as you could clearly hear right there, but it told me all I need to know that his agents are talking to the Raiders right now. They're working on something and Darren's doing what he needs to do, which is get ready for training camp. And I think that's a good thing. I've said it multiple times. I believe he will get a contract extension. He will get some guaranteed money before training camps get started and that should be around july 19th i haven't got the official dates on it but i do believe that's what it's going to be we should find out sooner rather than later but again it was a very short answer but it told me really all i need to know so uh, there was a lot more from the dan patrick interview with darren waller but uh, those were the sound bites that i thought were really really good and that you should hear those and again i encourage you i'm sure you can find it on youtube to go listen to the whole thing but uh, there he is darren waller on the DP show. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And of course, I've been telling you about Built Bar for a very long time. Low calorie, high protein, low sugar, great tasting protein bar. And man, they have so many different flavors to choose from. I mean, I almost can't keep up. I have to go consistently to the website just to see what they have today. And right now, Caramel Brownie is one of the features. Brownie Batter Built Bar Puffs. That's the marshmallow flavors. They got that available. They have banana cream pie, coconut marshmallow. They have a lot of the Built Bar Puffs. They have some of the oldie but goodies as far as the Built Bars go, like cookies and cream, mint brownie, cherry barcia, raspberry, salted caramel, and a whole lot more. You can build your own box. You can get a mixed box. You get all kind of good stuff. You just got to go check out the website today, built.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. It's all one word. You'll save 15% on the order when you go to check out. And again, you're getting a great taste in protein bar. It's good for you. Your kids are at home right now. They're going to want a snack because that's what kids do. Instead of leaving candy bars laying around, leave a built bar. It's a great taste of protein bar. They won't even know that it's good for them, but they'll consistently eat them because they taste great. So check them out today, built.com. Again, use the promo code LOCK15. It's all one word, and you'll save on your order just like that 15 Built.com is the website. Promo code LOCK15. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long in segments one and two, so we'll go ahead and get as many calls and texts in as we can, but won't have time for a whole lot. But let's go ahead and start off with a short text from Raider Rob in Riverside. He said, hey, I've been listening to Rich Eisen lately. He's speaking very highly of the Raiders and Derek Carr. He also recently interviewed Darren Waller. Pretty interesting. Raider Rob in Riverside. And yeah, man, and it's funny. I've been saying that 
on the podcast a lot. I've been saying it to anyone who will listen. Like, hey, I know that most of the time Raider Nation thinks all media outlets are real negative on the Raiders. But as of lately, there's a lot of different outlets that are giving the Raiders props. Regardless what the reason is they're giving the Raiders props, they are. And Rich Eisen has really been one of those guys that have been on the bandwagon with the Raiders talking about they're going to win the AFC West. They're in the Super Bowl conversation. I mean, he's been giving them a lot of love, been giving Derek Carr a lot of love. And he is a guy that I'll have on my radio show and I'll also bring the sound here to the podcast sooner rather than later. I'm already working on that behind the scenes, so uh, that is somebody that you'll hear one-on-one with me at some point talking all things silver and black, but yeah, Raider Rob, you're absolutely right. He's been very high on the Raiders and Derek Carr, and again, like you mentioned, he's had Darren Waller on his show as well. Uh, He's been doing the media tour as of late, and I look forward to having him on my show as well. Let's get a call in from my guy Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about Carr getting the ball out of his hand so quickly. Really, he's piggybacking off a call from Monday. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. Hey, I wanted to call in and just piggyback on one of your calls. Uh, Matt called in on Monday's episode and just talked about the release of getting the ball out of the hand of Derek Carr and got a comparison to how Carr can get the ball out pretty quick and you know, what Josh McDaniels has done in the past with that with Brady and just that's such a good point, Matt. I wanted to bring up is that's kind of a hidden gem um beneath this whole this whole scenario that's played out is that you know, that's that that's always been a staple in the McDaniels Brady era is that Brady's not an extremely mobile guy. He'll even say it himself, he makes jokes about it all the time. It's it's getting the ball out quick and being extremely efficient, and and I've always thought that over the years before McDaniel's was our coach. I remember sitting there watching um, the Super Bowl actually of uh, the, the Patriots coming back on Atlanta and the way that they did that just methodical drives. You know, it wasn't a bunch of eighty yard bombs to go in and, and get you know scores real quick. They were down, I believe, twenty eight to three, if I remember right. And it was a bunch of, I don't even want to say the word dink and dunk, but it was just very, very, very well executed, extremely efficient. You know, a lot of passes that are 7 to 10 yards versus 17 to 20 yards. So I just want to piggyback that's a great point. And I also wanted to say is that I, I think what's really cool about this is that Derek's in that spot right now as a quarterback where last year he was third in the NFL in deep shots. 77 shots of over 20 yards. And if you look at the the connection rate on that, he was actually first in connection rate, meaning that he took fewer overall attempts. So to produce 77 long balls with, with, you know, less overall attempts than some of the guys ahead of him, it kind of put him in the spot. Well, like this guy's throwing the ball less, but chucking just as many long balls. Like I think the leader in that category had 81. And so I, I look at Derek in a really good spot here where he's still chucking the ball deep, but we've always known with Derek is that he can he can be very efficient. And for years, that was something that, that people made, um, you know, captain check down, check down Charlie. We've heard every nickname in the book. But I, I think that all of this, with all this being said, I think that the idea that Derek can be efficient but still have a long ball is going to make him, sit really, really well in McDaniel's offense. And then also, 
The one thing I wanted to add, and I'll try to fit this in here, is we got to get that run game going this year. And if we do, I see this offense being deadly. Peace out, you. There he goes, Jordan in Oregon. Thank you so much for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, you know, that was something I brought up to Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. And he brought up the fact that, yeah, Carr does get the ball out of his hand quickly, but he also needs to stay aggressive with the ball down the field, something he did a lot better under John Gruden, even though a lot of people did not comment on that and did not speak on that. And, uh, yeah, of course, the ball getting out of his hand quick is going to be good. And I do agree, getting the run game going would be a good thing. But also, uh, from Pro Football Focus, that was something that played a little bit against Josh McDaniels as far as being that play caller is because teams that really went after and established the run basically got penalized for that. And so, again, Pro Football Focus is a different entity. It's it's different than what we're looking at just with our naked eye. They judge things a little bit differently. And so that's why I like to talk to these guys, see where they're coming from, and, you know, what went into their rankings, just like I did with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, something you heard on the show on Tuesday. Thank you so much for that call. Next up, got a text from King Raider in L.A. He says, hey, Q, it's your boy King Raider here in L.A. I sent you some pictures because you said we all get socked. LOL, but I didn't. I got a mini helmet and a replica of Allegiant Stadium, and so it's cool. It lights up and plays the autumn wind. Hope you had a great Father's Day and Raider Nation as well, because I did, and have a great week, everyone. And just win, baby. That's from King Raider in L.A., and he did. He sent a picture of the gifts he got for Father's Day, and I thought that that was really cool. And you know, the funny thing about it is I didn't get socks for for Father's Day like I thought I was going to get, even though I never am mad at some dry-fit socks. But I did get an awesome Barstool Raiders table with the four chairs, and I actually tweeted out a picture of it. Uh, it was really cool, and so, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the best Father's Day gift that I ever got. Uh, super excited, put that into the game room and made it a nice addition to the house. So I stand corrected. It wasn't dry fit socks. It was a great Raiders Barstool set, and uh, now it is in the game room. So, yes, I am good to go. Thank you so much. For that text. Next up, got a call from my guy, most known unknown. He's calling to talk about the offensive play caller conversation. That's the one that I had with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus on Radio Nation Radio 920. And let's just say he's not buying what Eric is selling. Here he is, most known unknown. Yo, Q, it's most known. What's going on, boss? I was uh, going back and forth whether I was even going to call to respond to uh, Eric Eager guy and his pro football focus uh, article on uh, play callers, offensive coordinators, whatever you want to call them. I, I listened to the podcast. I gave him the benefit of the doubt to explain himself. I'm sorry. These pro football focus, these analytics, these number guys, I think they write a whole bunch of clickbait articles just to get a reaction. And when he called on your show, I don't even think he believes that trice that he wrote. I just think that he he has to double down on it because he wrote it. There is not a logical football-watching fan in the NFL, not even Cowboys fans or Buccaneers fans, that would put Kellen Moore or Byron Leftwich in their top three. I believe number one is set in stone with Andy Reid. Number two would have been Sean Payton had he not retired. Uh, you could argue maybe a Kyle Shanahan and a, and a Sean McVay, but there's no way in the world Josh McDaniels isn't at bare minimum top five. He's got to be top three in my opinion, but top five. This guy's played in way too many big games. He's won way too many big games. The offense is his baby. I mean, you look at the guy like Byron Leftwich, who's ranked number three on this list. He was an OC under an offensive-minded head coach. That offense, at the end of the day, was was Bruce Arians' offense. So how can you put Byron Leftwich number three 
over McDaniels. You know when McDaniels was in New England, the offense was his. He won with a variety of different quarterbacks. Guess who was winning with Jimmy Garoppolo before Kyle Shanahan? It was Josh McDaniels. Guess who had success with Jacoby Brissett? Guess who had success with Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback? He's done it with multiple quarterbacks. He's been in the playoffs. He's been in big boy games, high-stakes games. He's won high-stakes games more than any other of those players, or any even more than Andy Reid. Now, the one knock is he didn't do it as a head coach, but Kyle Shanahan cut his teeth as an offensive coordinator. I know we're not talking about head coaches. We're talking about play callers. And as play callers, nobody's been in more high-stakes games and won more high-stakes games than Josh McDaniels. So I'm sorry. There's not a chance, and you know what, that I am putting a guy like Kellen Moore or Byron Leftwich over him. Kellen Moore got his teeth kicked in in the playoffs by D'Amico Ryans when he was the favorite in that home. And you're putting him over Josh McDaniels. Can't do it, cuz. Can't do it. There he goes. Most known unknown. Thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, I mean, again, you bring up some really good points. Like I was mentioning earlier, Pro Football Focus, we all know it's not the end-all, be-all. They have their different grading system. Uh, they look at things a lot different. But uh, to your point, I was pretty shocked when Kellen Moore was on that list. And Byron left, which I get a little bit. You know, obviously he had Tom Brady, so there's that. And as you said, he had Bruce Arians. But I was a little shocked by Kellen Moore, even though he does put up uh, a lot of points in his offense, at least, puts up a lot of yards. And the other thing, like I mentioned earlier, is that teams that run the ball get penalized. And if you look at Kellen Moore and what they do in Dallas, they don't run the ball enough. Any Cowboy fan will tell you how much they can't stand a Kellen Moore offense because they abandon the run so much and they just throw, throw, throw the ball around the yard. And, of course, with Byron Leftwich in Tampa Bay, we all know that it was Tom Brady's show. So just another reason why Josh McDaniels' offense was left off the list because the Patriots and everything under McDaniels was very run-heavy. And, look, it's going to be run-heavy again this year, I do believe. But uh, totally understand where you're coming from. But, like I said, I enjoy hearing what these guys have to say and at least giving themselves an opportunity to explain themselves. And so I can appreciate him coming on my radio show and giving his side of the conversation. So thank you so much for that, my man. It's good to hear from you. One more text, and we'll close out the show. We got Raiders C. Los from Modesto. Says, what's up, Q? What up, Nation? New booty here. Your Father's Day segment has me going through memory lane. Growing up in Modesto, California, I can remember going to school on Monday mornings and my teachers and buddies not believing me when I told them I watched the Raider game from home. My dad fixed the home game blackout problem when he went to Radio Shack and purchased the largest TV antenna they had. We were able to pick up the signal from the Fresno TV station airwaves. Best idea my dad ever had. He would go the extra mile so we could all watch the game at home and go the extra mile to make sure we could make the drive to Oakland to see a few games a year. Sometimes it would break the bank, but in the long term, it was worth it. Thanks for being the leading voice in Nation Q. We appreciate you. Raider C. Los from Modesto. And that's a hell of a story right there. I like that. And, again, there were so many Raider fans that had to deal with that blackout problem. Uh, and that was the dumbest rule that the NFL ever had. I was so glad when they got rid of it. But uh, just like my dad, your dad went out of his way to make sure that that blackout issue wasn't going to be a problem and overcame it. And so I thought that that's really cool. Great text, my man. Appreciate you being a new booty. And please don't let that be your last text here on the show. But that's going to close out the show today. 
today. We'll leave it on a high note like that. Again, thank you so much for the feedback, all the calls and texts that we get on the daily. Of course, we'll hit you with some more news and notes tomorrow. We'll have more sound and we'll have more all kind of good stuff for you on the show. Great conversation. May get the show up a few minutes later than I normally do. I usually like to have it up by about 12.05 Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday in the morning. That's 12.05 a.m. I might have it up a little bit later today because I will be doing an ESPN national show following my Raider Nation Radio 920 show. So I'll be doing 2 to 5 on Raider Nation Radio 920 and then 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on ESPN National with Freddie Coleman. I'll be filling in for Fitzsimmons on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. So I may get the show up just a little bit later than normal, but don't you worry. You'll still be up bright and early when you get up in the morning and you're ready to rock and roll. So uh, thank you so much again for making the Lockdown Raider podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Till tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourselves, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.